listening to episode three of Desi Geek Girls. I'm Preeti Chibber. I'm Swapna Krishna, and we're recording on Wednesday, March 29th. It's a big day for us. It is a big day for us. We'll get into why a little later, but it has to do with Star Wars, and I know you all are shocked by that. This is our first night recording. Yeah, it's our first night recording, our first weeknight recording. Yes, because we've done like Sunday, like late afternoon, early evenings. So, so we've, this is we've our both first had like long days. Really, really, really long days. And you know, generally speaking, I am usually already in like wind down mode at this point. Yes. Where I'm like, I'm gonna watch crap TV or read a book that I've read a thousand times to like erase the stink of like New York off me. And I am not feeling a hundred percent today. What? So what this it? should be very interesting. It sounds like we're making excuses. Like I know this is literally why a minute in. Terrible. Like guys, no, it's you gonna be great. Just... A lot to talk about today. Save yourselves. Save yourselves. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. So, okay. so first we're gonna talk about some trailers. Yeah, there are a few trailers, some very exciting, some not so exciting, uh, that came out in the last couple weeks since we last spoke. Um, one of them dropped today for uh, a movie that is based off a French comic book called Valerian. The movie is also called Valerian. Um, and it's starring, 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 uh, Dane DeHaan, who I adore, even if he was in arguably one of the worst Spider-Man movies, and, uh, Cara Delevingne, and Clive Owen, which was a happy surprise. Oh my gosh, I was really excited to see Clive Owen in that movie. And was that Kate Blanchett doing the voice, voiceover of the, um, trailer? That is a good question, because I am It sounded like her, but I did not, and I And Rihanna! Yes, and Rihanna. So like I was really excited. Um, I didn't know what to expect because I'm not super familiar with the comic. It's one that I've always wanted to read, but it has come out over I feel like decades yeah. in some in such a um, staggered fashion that I just didn't know where to start, and so I never have read it. But I mean, it was one of the original um, things that George Lucas read, right? In, yes, in, I think so. And in, in, it was an influence in Star Wars. So the same, it's been on my list forever, and it's just time and how to start it. Um, so I really but actually I did... didn't know anything going in for the most part. Same. I knew it was sci-fi, and that's about it. Yeah, so it looks super space opera, so I'm very excited that that seems awesome. It It looks like it's got a little bit of a Guardians vibe to it. Yes, I had the same. I had the same thought. Right, and in um, their partnership, actually, yeah. I I was, and it's, it's being done by Luke Besson, right? Who did the Fifth yeah. Element, which I love, and so yeah. So you I'm see really professional. So you see, like a lot. I think there's gonna be a lot of character stuff, and a lot of style. It's just very stylized, yeah. which I am very excited I, about. I kind of was. I don't know. I mean, again, not familiar, not super familiar with the comics, but like. I was kind of hoping it was just going to be like a buddy cop movie. Uh, yeah, no, there's, there's clearly something larger yeah. going on. And there's romance, which I was kind of like, Ugh. Yeah, which, I would, yeah, yeah. I don't know. I love I mean, movies with kissing in it, but sometimes I I just want the adventure. Sometimes you want, there, there needs to be evidence that like men and women can just be yeah. friends. Like sometimes it gets tiring that they always have to couple up. Mm-hmm. Um, Not that but I yeah, mind, no, I'm like watching really... Dane DeHaan just like kiss people. I'd be into it. 
sorry. I was taking a sip of something and I almost spit it out everywhere. Um, (laughs) I am. No, but it looks really good. Actually, in Cinebook, um, which is a comics publishing company, is putting out new editions. I'm not sure of all the comics, if it's an omnibus. Or what's going on? But they're putting out some sort of Valerian comic because they're they're sp- only sporadically available in English right now, I believe. So they're putting something out in advance of the movie. So definitely check that out. I believe it comes out in um, in early July, and the movie comes out the twenty first of July. Yeah. Uh, also, I'm if you follow me on Twitter, you already know this, or maybe you missed this, but I am absolutely convinced that. Dane DeHaan is basically Leonardo DiCaprio in 1996. Oh, God. There is a shot of him in, like, a button-down, like, raggedy button-down shirt that looks so reminiscent of Romeo on the beach <laughs> in his, like, Hawaiian print button-down. That's tell, like, them, oh. tell them your Romeo and Juliet story. Huh? Tell them your Romeo and Juliet story. Which Romeo and Juliet story? The one where you watched it. Oh, my God. <laughs> So I associate a lot of things with Romeo and Juliet. Baz Luhrmann's William Shakespeare's Romeo plus Juliet, excuse me, um, the cinematic masterpiece, and I will fight anyone who tells me otherwise. Because uh, that movie came out when I was 12 years old. And the summer before, this is such a lot, like, what, this story is so ridiculous. Um, uh, the summer before I went to high school, so... 14 years old. Uh, I lived in Florida and we just moved there and I didn't know anybody. I didn't have any friends. And my mother used to make us, my, my siblings and I create our own daily schedules for the summer so that we were being productive by which I mean, we would have to write up our own schedules. So it was like nine to 10 doing math. So I had a, an hour block for quote English literature And so for like a month and a half of my summer vacation, I watched an hour of this movie every day, Monday through Friday, because I didn't have to do my schedules on the Saturday, on Saturday or Sunday, Monday through Friday, every day for an hour, I watched Baz Luhrmann's Romeo and Juliet, and I can still recite the entire film. And that also gives um, everyone some context for when you talk about Dane DeHaan as 1996 Leonardo Leonardo DiCaprio. (laughs) You are invested. I in am this. so invested. <laughs> oh, that was like my not so secret shame, but like semi secret because it was just my own circle of friends who knew that story. So, hey guys, you're welcome. Don't use this against me. Um. Okay. So, should we move on to the second trailer? Yeah, Justice League. Justice League. Okay. Actually, I don't think this looked terrible, which is more than I expected. So, I'm not gonna let. Zack Snyder burn me ever again um I thought the trailer they're usually so good with trailers that this one I found to be incredibly underwhelming Mm -hmm. I just thought it was kind of boring um it needed more Jason Momoa it needed more it needed more Gal Gadot the only those are the only two redeeming factors of this movie in my opinion and my fear is that I know that we were talking about Suicide Squad earlier um, before we started recording and Swapna hasn't seen it but I did see it and my biggest issue with Suicide Squad is not that it was a bad movie it it was a bad movie but like that was not my biggest issue my biggest issue is that there was such a huge like potential for it to be a good movie that they just they just ruined 
And yeah. it was, you know, um, I'm forgetting her name now, but uh, the actress who played Harley Quinn was excellent. Uh, and Will Smith was excellent at Deadshot. And they, if they had had a better film to be in, like a better scripted film, that movie could have been really, really good. And it makes me so mad. And I'm so nervous that that's what's going to happen with Justice League. Because I hated Batman vs. Superman. Well, yeah. I To be fair, I don't know that there's anybody who loved I think it. <laughs> I actually know somebody who liked it. Really? Yes. Um, she is a co-worker. And she, we all saw it together, actually. And she liked it. Um, she's not a huge comics person. Uh, she does read them, but she's not super into comics. But, like, I don't, she just really liked it. And I, I think there are people who liked it. I personally did not much care for it. No, I did not. And that is, I, I did actually give it, try to give it a fair yes. shake. There was just, it was too disjointed. There was too much crammed in it. And Which the thing the that frustrated with, me. With a lot of DC movies. Yeah, the thing that frustrated me about it is that there were, there could have been the bones of a good movie in it. Well, yeah, I mean, like, that's, that's, I also thought that Ben Affleck was, while I was. I didn't love his Batman, but I did thought he. I thought he, he was, was a good excellent Bruce, Bruce Wayne. Wayne. Yeah, he was a good yeah, Bruce Wayne. I'm surprised by that, actually. Right. Um, um, you know, so. But I did like Man of Steel. Like I didn't. I mean, I wouldn't. Okay, uh, like is too strong. That like is too strong. <laughs> I didn't hate it, and I expected to when I watched it. I mean, it because... I was surprised that they made a movie that I disliked more than I disliked Man of Steel with Batman vs Superman. <laughs> I didn't like I didn't hate it, which is why I'm so surprised uh, that like it's just getting worse. It's there uh, it's that part of me feels like it's that they don't trust their audience to hold on to what's happening and so they they put everything they can in the movie. Yeah. Like there was no in in Suicide Squad, that movie if they had not had the Joker in it and just had this like specter of the Joker just you know kind of lording over the movie it would have been so much more impactful i feel like and same with like um batman vs superman if you pull away some of the like tendrils of justice league that you threw in there we could have like you could have used that time elsewhere like it's and not that that would have made it that not that that would have made the batman vs superman movie good but it would have been less bad Uh Well, and the thing I one thing I will say about Batman versus Superman that I really liked is the way they brought the Joker into because I think the Joker is way overused. I don't at this point, there are very few treatments of the character that I like because it's just he's just way too overused. I didn't hate hate Jared Leto's Joker. Really? Okay, that I have to watch at some point. I will watch this. I know isolated in a few moments. I didn't hate it but it didn't need to be in the movie. But one thing I did like about BVS was um, the way they brought the Joker into the movie, which was basically just the Jason Todd spray-painted Robin suit. Right. Right, and I really liked that because it was so subtle, but it reminded you of this, like, deep, dark history. That's all you needed. You just need hints of it unless he's the main focus of the film. Right, exactly. And and I I like that. that. Zack Snyder is not one for subtlety, but that was a astonishingly and beautifully subtle moment in the movie. But then you have, so now with the Justice League trailer, I have so few hopes for it. 
My, but I want it to be good because Jason Momoa and Gal Jason Gadot. Momoa, I think, is going to be a kick-ass Aquaman. He's going to be so good. I, I can't wait. I will, I will definitely see it. Like, unlike Suicide Squad, where there wasn't a lot that was, after, especially after those, I hoped it would be so good, and then it was just not from the reviews. Um, I will I will watch um, Justice League just for Jason Momoa. And Gal Gadot. I mean, yeah, I mean, Gal Gadot was the best part of Batman vs. Superman. But... Yeah. In the four and a half minutes we got of Wonder Woman. I mean, I don't actually have super high hopes for the Wonder. I'm trying to manage my expectations. And I, know, I just want... Because I've heard such mixed things I, from people who've seen it. I just want... I just want good movies. I, I was talking I with a friend earlier and it's like I get so irrationally angry at like... Films like these that I think have the potential to be so good. Because it's robbing me of the experience of enjoying them. Yeah, no, that's fair, though. It's so I selfish, feel like... but, like, I'm like, come on. Like, we were, because we were talking about, we don't have to get into this because we'll both get very angry, but, like, we were talking about Iron Fist and how <laughs> we're not going to, I don't want to talk about, like, the, any part of yes. it other than. Just, Preeti and I have a pact to not talk about things that make us angry yes. on this podcast. So we're not going to talk about it, but. But the idea that they had the opportunity to make something so good and so great and that would add itself to the Marvel the Marvel Netflix U, which generally I like, though it's not perfect. Like, there are parts of it that I like so much. And they mm-hmm. squandered it for no discernible reason. Yeah, and by all accounts, it's terrible. Yes. Like, it's just boring. So just that that, like, frustration of, like, being robbed of, a thing that I could like add to my my little like dragon horde of of fandoms. Dragon horde of fandoms. Okay, but going to a trailer that makes pretty oh oh excited. So if you the new Spider Man trailer. Yes. So if you are coming to this having never listened to a podcast we've been on before, other than Daisy Geek Girls, or like discovered us through some network that is not panels or book riot comics um maybe you don't know about my long and deep abiding love for peter parker and spider-man pretty kind of likes peter parker just a little ah i have been waiting for marvel to make a spider-man movie since spider-man 3 no which is not a film i like to talk about or even remember exists but my, I don't think that a single Spider-Man movie thus far has gotten Peter Parker right. I think there are parts of it that have gotten Spider-Man right. Like, I didn't, I actually kind of enjoyed The Amazing Spider-Man, the first one. Mm-hmm. The second one is one of the worst things I've ever seen. <laughs> oh. Even though I love Dane DeHaan. <laughs> 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 but there's... There is this inability to write Peter Parker. I don't know what it is in terms of, like, the Sony writing where they're, like, he's always, like, he's always so angsty and they lose. They allow Spider-Man to be funny and they allow Spider-Man to have the quips, but then Peter is just a ball just of like anxiety emo. and crying and it drives me nuts where I'm just, like, just, if I have to watch him... Like, I have to watch a 30-year-old man play a 17-year-old in a hoodie crying under a tree. I'm going to, like, 
throw myself off, out. I I don't even know what. I don't know what I would do again if I had to watch it again. So when <laughs> when Marvel when the Marvel and Sony deal happened, this is so crazy. Like I was. It's like a moment in my life. Like I was. Oh my like, god! I remember to. I texted you in India. Right. I was. I was in India at the time, and Sapna texted me, and I was like, "What? I what? I couldn't believe it actually I'm happened." Sorry for any texting fees you may incur, but you must know this. Yes, because I knew that if based on the films that we'd gotten so far, one thing that they were doing so well was writing these characters, like and inhabiting them and like making them real and fleshed out and like what you were what you grew up reading you got to see on screen like Robert Downey Jr. inhabited Iron Man and so when Cap Civil War came out like not even when the movie came out I saw like a sneak preview of it and when Tom Holland like comes out as Peter it was perfection and I know you, that I am, like, being super hyperbolic, but, like, that was the, like, you have a teenager playing him. He's awkward, but kind of funny, but also, like, has that, like, vulnerability that you can get when you have an age-appropriate actor playing the character. And, ne- and then I got so excited for the film. And then this trailer comes out yesterday after, like, days of posters teasing us. And if you haven't watched the trailer yet, just as a warning, it is kind of plot heavy. Like, it does reveal some of the plot. I don't think Marvel's pretty good in the early trailers. Like, the media blitz leading up to a movie, there's no, you know, it's ridiculous. But in the early trailers, I feel like they're pretty good about not giving away, like, the big, big things. So I think, but if you are really averse to, you know, spoilers, don't watch it. (laughs) And also, I guess, don't listen to this part of the podcast. Um, Okay, yeah. I will will let you know when it's safe. We'll let you know when it's safe to listen again. Um, So, interestingly... Uh, not everyone loved the trailer as much as I did. Um, I don't think it's a perfect trailer, but some of the issues that I heard that people had before we get into, like, the the pieces of it that we saw were that it looks like a Sony trailer. Like, that was one of the first things a friend of mine said was, he, he was like, that looks awful. And I was like, you're wrong. <laughs> it looks amazing. Not that he was wrong. That was his opinion. Um, but turns out in the deal that Marvel and Sony had, Marvel has full creative control of the movie, thankfully, but Sony has distribution and um, marketing. So Really? So that was a Sony cut trailer? So that's what it sounds like? I don't know. I mean, this is... the, the That's like probably 80%, 90% accurate. Yeah, <laughs> but that's it, interesting. I didn't it's, that. It felt very much like a Sony cut trailer, like between the music and the the kind of odd beats of humor in it. Cause like some of the jokes that they tried to make happen in the trailer didn't entirely work. Um, like I, the first Yankee trying on the suit though was amazing. Yes, that was amazing. I mean, there are issues to be had with this film and in, in terms of like, I think we all would have really appreciated a Miles Morales Spider-Man yeah. to show up in the MCU. Um, and so it feels a little bit like they're mining Miles's story and giving it to Peter with having like they're saying it's not gank but it's very similar to gank 
um, the the kid who's playing Ned Ned Leeds, who ends up being like Hobgoblin. I don't know if this character is going to be Hobgoblin. That would be really interesting. But it allows for the cast to be Peter, a white kid, uh, an Asian kid, and two black girls are in this cast. Like, those yeah. are the main kids in this cast. And I think that's incredible. Um, Which, and I think, like, you can... Any media we look at, you can always find something to point yes. out that's terrible. Like, you always can't. Everything is problematic. Everything is problematic. And just... Just because, like, I want, I did, I personally wanted a Miles Morales story, and when I heard it was going to be a white, another white Peter Parker, I was like, ugh. But I can also look at it and say, that looks like a fun movie. Yes. And they look like, it looks like they got the character right, and they're, you know, and they're doing, I appreciate the, the, the racial the diversity, diversity of the cast. Yeah. Yeah, I so, do. So, now to talk about the actual trailer. <laughs> um... My, there's so much good about this trailer. The suit in the first yeah. shot. The suit with the button and the sticking and the, like, immediate suctioning into it. Yeah, that, I, I, um, that was, the way the suit works is really interesting. And I'm glad they're actually addressing that. Also, that, that shot of him running, actually in Astoria. Actually in Queens. Yeah. Which is, uh... I mean, not, not everything about this movie was accurate. Uh, the Staten Island Ferry does not have cars on it. It just doesn't. A lot of <laughs> a lot of uh, New Yorker friends were like, what? That would never happen. But like, fine. I'm willing to let that go. Uh, <laughs> Here's an interesting thing. If you're nothing without the suit, you shouldn't have it. Oh. That was such an interesting line. I am I mean, it's, so looking forward to digging into that. I do not care for Tony Stark. I do not care I for Tony not, Stark. I, the Civil War comics ruined his character for me. I do think Robert Downey Jr. does an incredible yes. job as a character. He's very but, good. I do not think and that I, he is a... I don't... I don't root for the guy. I was rooting for the vulture in this trailer when he's like... Yeah, I don't... And especially after... They did a much better job, I will say, in Civil War, the movie, in making um, Iron Man not, like, a terrible human. Well, he's not a fascist in the movie. Right. But that doesn't mean I like his character coming out of that, necessarily. No, but it's... What works here, though, is that the relationship between Peter and Tony has often been that father-son relationship so I really liked that mo especially because like Tom Holland is clearly so young and Robert Downey Jr. is like so weathered so that was just a it worked with the actors there were like like I said that like vulnerability is like coming through which I really appreciate that is kind of hard to do you know an adult actor playing Peter isolates that character a little bit because you can't really surround him by peers because mm -hmm. all his peers yeah. are going to look like adults or you can't you know so like these kids look like kids like that scene in the gym class where they're watching which I loved where they're watching like the Captain America fitness challenge yeah and, like that whole crowd of kids is so great but my favorite is Zendaya sitting oh in the my back god reading yeah. of human bondage yes but like yeah. in her like knobby knees and like I loved it I loved everything about that um, like just have it, it just feels so fresh and youthful and, and like 
the Spider-Man that we've wanted for so long. Like, I do think that this trailer cut had a lot in it. I think there's a lot we haven't, I mean, we didn't see the shocker. We didn't see, there's so many, like we didn't, we didn't see so many parts of this film. Um, I'm actually super psyched for Michael Keaton. Yeah, I think he'll be great. I think he's going to be I'm really, really excited good to see him. He over he overacts sometimes, but yeah. I think he's going to be yeah. quite quite great. I think cause I think there'll there'll definitely be things we can nitpick after seeing the movie, but as a whole package, I'm ex- think it's going to be pretty good. Like I'm excited to see it. As not so a huge excited. fan of Spider-Man, I'm like so I don't excited. dislike Spider-Man. But I am, like, it's not a character that excites me except to see your reaction. I mean, even the, like, the shot, I know. I'm, like, I'm going to, like, freak out. I'm going to see it at, like, midnight, the night, like, the day it comes out. But that shot in the, I don't know, it's, like, a car yard or something, like, where it's, like, fire everywhere. And, like, the voiceover has just said, like, I'm going to kill you and your friends and your family or, like, I'm going to come after you and your friends and your family or whatever. And it's so reminiscent of the scene where in Ultimate Spider-Man, the goblin finally gets Peter and there's, like, you think that he's... It's like, I'm going to, like, start crying thinking about it because it's just so good. And it's, like, so reminiscent of that scene that I got, like, chills and, like, goosebumps when I was watching the movie. I'm so excited. It's going to be good. I'm excited. Oh, God. What if it's bad? It's not going to be bad. Don't think think about that. It's Marvel. Like, they have it. It's back in their hands. It's going to be good. Oh, God. Like, the thing is, we already know that Tom Holland can do the character. And that is so much of the movie. That is so much of the movie. That's very true. All right. I almost swung the other direction for a second. Yeah. no, No. Don't go there. Don't go there. It's a dark place. So, yes. That is coming out July 7th. We will absolutely have an episode about it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. No questions. <laughs> I feel like I'm going to have um, a lot to say. Okay. So should we get into our main... Like, I, I'm like, we're like 30 minutes in. And I'm like, should we get into our main discussion topics? <laughs> They're going to go fast. Don't worry. Um, okay. So first, I'm going to talk a little bit about Mass Effect Andromeda. Have you played Mass I Effect? I have not. I have never have played not. a Mass Effect game. I okay. have. I don't actually know anything about it. So this is going to be a lot of you and a lot of me going, huh, that's yeah, interesting. Yeah, I actually don't have a lot to say. So I am a diehard fan of the original trilogy, like diehard. I have played those games. I mean, I don't even know how many times because I just, when I'm bored, I'm like, oh, I'm just going to start playing a Mass Effect. <laughs> And so, like, I have played those games so many times. I hated the ending, as everybody did. Um, and so now I've been waiting for this. We've been waiting for this. I think it's, like, been, like, five years that we've been waiting for Andromeda. So, of course, I started playing it. I actually started playing it early because um, you could pay, like, ten bucks to, like, Electronic Arts and get early access. Ooh, so of course I did that. That's awesome. Of course I did. Because I'm me. Um, it was good. It's good. It's it's really slow burn like if you are looking for immediate action it is not I mean the missions are interesting you know you you know it's a in some ways it's a first person shooter and so that happens in the game but it takes I mean literally it takes 20 hours for the story to kind of start going and once it does it's really good but like part of me is like oh that's a really long time but part of me is like it's clear that they're putting they're not thinking in terms of like 
tens of hours for this game. Like, they're thinking in terms of so much, like, because I don't even know, and I'm not certain that they have announced this as a trilogy, which makes me wonder if they're just going to keep adding DLC to this game for the next few years until, like, they put out whatever the next in the franchise is. And so I understand it from that point of view. Like, it needs, if you're going to have a good story, it needs to take time to develop or people are going to be 30 hours in and it's done and they're going to be like, I waited five years for that. I mean, that would be a smart way to do it, right? If they're... And it's so open. So the story, the brief non-spoilery story is humans and then the aliens of the Milky Way galaxy have sent um, basically a colonization force to the Andromeda galaxy. So it's like 650 years or something like that after the events of the original trilogy. And so you're waking up in the Andromeda galaxy and there are these hostile aliens and you don't know where any of your people are. And you're basically just trying to figure out what in the world is going on and what happened while you all were in stasis. So there's a lot of, you have no idea what's going on. All right. Well, that sounds great though. It was like, I like the thing is like, I feel like I have to caveat because I'm such a mass effect fan girl, but I really have been enjoying it. Like it takes a while for the story to, to get going and to find any answers but I'm okay with only finding out questions for the first few, like 20 hours, as long as I know there are answers coming. And there are. Right. Like, I'm still not, I'm not even close to done with it yet. But I really like it. I don't know. I think it's a lot of fun. I I love it. But like I said, I'm a Mass Effect fangirl. So take, take with, <laughs> you know, take that with a grain of Listen, salt. Listen, like, we love the things we love. We do. There's a reason that we made a podcast specifically just to talk about things we love. Because, and I do, I love Mass Effect. I love the the story. I love the um, the aliens and the characters. I really, and here's a thing I really actually adore. So you can customize, so you have your character and then your character's a twin. And so I'm an obvious, I'm a woman in the game because that's what I chose. I don't know what happens if you choose a male character in the game, but so as a woman, I have a twin brother. Wait, does everybody get a twin? Yes. Everybody gets a twin, but I am assuming that if you choose a male character, you get a twin sister. Okay. So, but either way, um, there's always a twin. I just don't know if what, what the deal is there. Um, if you don't choose a female character, but for me, as a female character, I have a brother and then I have a, like my dad isn't kind of in charge of the expedition. So I made myself, you know, kind of looking like me, brown woman. And like, I'm playing this video game and like most, like a good majority of the major characters are like brown people, which is a huge deal. Like my dad and like, there's a whole brown family on my screen. Like, it's really cool. Like I, I kind of teared up while I was like in the first few minutes of playing the game because I'm like, like there's me and my dad hanging out and like it's just it's it's cool like I I love that that inclusivity and being able to customize like that and I know a lot of games allow you to do that and that's not unique to Mass Effect but the fact that you're a whole family and you get all of you and they base like your you get to customize you and your brother and then they base your dad I think what uh, based on what how you customize your main character but it's very cool it's really nice yeah, it is. That's so, I like, really, pure and precious. I really appreciate it. <laughs> but, yes, I have no, like, coherent thoughts other than it takes a while to get going. But if you are in the limbo of the first, like, 15 hours, just kind of stick with it. It'll get there. 
I like it though. I'm a fan. That's that's interesting. I mean, a slow because I'm I'm thinking about it akin to like reading a novel that's slow in the beginning or watching a film that's slow in the beginning, which are admittedly like more passive, but how often the like the stakes are so much higher with a video game, it feels like. Yeah. But flip side of that is I feel like the gameplay itself is fun. Like, it's not like you're just, like, doing nothing for the first, like, because sometimes, like, for example, Final Fantasy games can be really frustrating because for the first 10 hours, you're literally just watching cutscenes. Yeah. You're like, oh God, just, like, get me to, like, where I can actually control a character. And then <laughs> this is not like that. Like, it's just, you just don't have any answers. But you're still playing the game and learning how it works and stuff like that, which I appreciate. Mm-hmm. So. All right. Those are my Mass Effect Maybe thoughts. someday I'll, I'll play a Mass Effect game. Yeah. Is it on PlayStation? Um, yes. Oh my god, I don't know anything. <laughs> it's okay. I think it's PlayStation, Xbox, and PC. I have Xbox and I don't get along because <laughs> when the Xbox came out, they only made like one type of controller, and it was too big. Mm. For, it was like too big for my hands. Yeah, and it was I terrible. got really angry. It's like, I'm clearly not your target demographic. Yeah, no, their controller used to be terrible. It's not great now because I came up on the PlayStation and I love the PlayStation, but my husband has an Xbox. And so I'm like, all right, well, there's not really a point in us buying two consoles because I just don't play enough video games mm. to warrant that. So I'm like, all right, I'll play on your stupid Xbox. <laughs> I don't like it, but I I deal with it. Uh, that's okay. I'm a fake. I'm a fake gamer girl because I like Nintendo. That is, I'm just I kidding. Want, we've already <laughs> talked about it. I want the Switch. Um, so bad, all right, let's get into the crux of the show. If you Yay, don't care about Star Wars, Star Wars turn it off because that's all we're going to talk about for the rest of the show. So, we're just talking about so Star Wars. This is why Sumna and I had it. Well, okay. No, 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 no. no we're saving that. Okay, first we're going to talk about Rebels. So, okay, here we go again with the spoilers. If you have not finished the season of Rebels. Um, we, you need to skip ahead and we will include in the show notes yes. the timing. Um, so this was interesting because I feel like their, their best episode, like we want to talk about the finale, but finale, finale, Sons. whatever. Sons was the best. Yeah. Though. Their best episode was not the last two episodes of the season. It was the third, the, it was the third to last, um, yeah. the twin sons. That yeah. episode is, I know that there were people who had issues with it and that there was criticism about it. It was the final showdown between Obi-Wan and Darth Maul. Ugh, and, but the way they did it was oh, so good. Right, but I think people had issues with it because Darth Maul has been nursing this grudge for so long. I know, like, yeah. This is across two separate series of television shows like from clone wars all the way through the third season of rebels like that is a long time but the way they dealt with it was just i was preparing myself for this long drawn out just like, battle like in a snap it was over over and i think i think there were people who wanted the battle but i much preferred the way it went because clone yeah. or rebels has to balance star wars the 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 huge universe Star Wars 
Um, we've talked a little bit about how much I love like extended use storytelling and the expansive storytelling and the opportunities that like Rebels and Clone Wars and the comics and the books and everything allow us to like fully immerse in this world. But Rebel, these properties also have like a really tough cross to bear in that they have to maintain the integrity of the films, but still give us enough of the films that we love in the in the yeah. show that we don't lose that connection entirely. So it's not like these isolated these isolated things. Like they do have to intersect at points because realistically, realistically in this sci-fi opera, <laughs> uh, they would have. Right? Yeah. Like I've never it, I haven't really, I mean, there have been moments, but like for the most part, I never really totally felt that they've like shoehorned things in, in the show, yeah. in the movie, absolutely. In the movies, like, that's different. sometimes it's a little gratuitous, but like, yeah, having Obi-Wan, you know, having Ezra here, like, get tricked by Maul again, right? Like, how many times has Maul played this game on him? I think that this time Ezra wanted it a little bit too much. Yeah. Like, he wanted to be tricked because he wanted to find Obi-Wan. Yeah, I agree. But I feel like with the way they wrapped that up and how quickly they did, they made it very clear that this is not Obi-Wan's story. Right. This is not the story they're telling. Right. Like, yes, he might run into this character, but this is not the story. And I feel like they did that with Ahsoka as well, yeah. which, uh, like, is driving me crazy. I'm going to need Ahsoka, Ahsoka to come back. I know. But, and I know she will, but... But um, I, I feel like they do that and they do it so effectively. Like, look, these, we, there's a lot of stories to tell them this is not the story we're telling. Right. Like this is that the 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 abruptness of that. Not I wouldn't even call it a jewel at this point. It was, no. it was like a reckoning. So it was an immediate that. reckoning um, yeah. was so cathartic for me yeah. personally as a viewer. Because I needed to see, I didn't realize it, but, like, I needed to see Maul's ending. And I needed to see his, I need, like, his story is a tragic one, too. Like, there's, Star Wars is heap full of tragedy. Like, everyone, it's a war, right? It's, it's, that's why Rogue One was so affecting. Because you saw the actual tragedy of war on, in a Star Wars film. And it's like send them themes of like sacrifice. Like these people are sacrificing everything for the chance, for like the glimmer of hope. It's not even, it's not a sure thing. Yeah. So like Maul and, and Maul even more so almost because his sacrifice and his tragedy has gone across yeah. two wars, two galaxy wide wars, right? Because he's from the Clone Wars where he was kind of tricked into becoming what he was. By the sisters, mm-hmm. or whatever they're called. Sisters, right? Yeah. And he never, he was, he was a, in a, he was a reluctant apprentice in the beginning. Mm-hmm. And then he survived on this grudge and the, the thirst for revenge, but in the last moments, accepts it and recognizes that he never wanted this. And he deserves revenge again or not revenge but vengeance I guess yeah and I think that was just a really beautiful moment yeah that last moment between the two of them okay so here this is like I know I think you and I might disagree on this Uh 
Um, do the, so at the end, Maul asks Obi Wan, like, is he the chosen one, meaning Luke? Mm-hmm. And so, do you and and Obi Wan says yes. Okay, so do you think Luke is the chosen one? Because I do. Uh, and, I don't. And, yeah. So you and I, yeah. Because I think Anakin is the chosen one. I think Anakin fulfills the prophecy. Bring balance. He brings balance. He he gets rid of the emperor. He finds balance and thus brings. But he balance. gets rid of the em- like Vader kills the emperor because of Luke. Well, what matters is what what matters more: the intent or the action. Yeah, I know. We could get all philosophical, <laughs> but the bottom line is, I thought that that whole that thing was so but like the thing is though yes it was very beautiful and what what the conversation that spurred here is that obi-wan has been wrong a lot the jedi have been wrong a lot and yeah i did think it was interesting the number of i'm totally reading into this but that's what star wars is for so whatever the number of time the number of parallels we got between ezra and luke was Mm -hmm. almost it was like they were asking us to notice it. Yeah, Between, I agree. Like, it wasn't just, you know, it was the two of them running or walking silhouetted in these massive expanses of Tatooine um, against a sunset. It was this, the um, getting, you know, um, you and your droid being taken by surprise by the sand people. Like there were these parallels that were like so strong and I don't know what it means, but now I'm like racking my brain of like, does that lend itself to this idea that Luke's not the chosen one? Because Ezra is clearly not the chosen one, even though there was something important about him, not to say like, you know, like been tricked before. And if you can be important without being the chosen one. right? And if like Luke's not the chosen one and Anakin's not the chosen one because balance with is Ray the chosen one. Right. Like where is the, but like it's, yeah. The balance. What does balance mean to like? That's I the don't other know. Thing. Like, does balance mean like equal power on either side? Does balance mean equal number of practices? I don't, even, on, I don't like, think balance I, is equality. I think balance is. I mean, it's it's. So does if we go to huh? understand both the light and the dark. I, like, I think one person wield both, or not one, you know, but multiple people who understand that the force has to come into balance within yourself yeah. it's not about I actually think that's closer to what it is because that's what we get with Ezra right Ezra has yeah. the whole idea is that no one is like light or dark people are both and if you think about then the the like final episodes of the season the conversation that Kanan has with Bendu where Bendu tries to maintain this apolitical stance right this a like that's what he is beyond that he doesn't pick sides. Yeah. Like that's is balance. But sometimes not choosing a side. Yeah, is balance like is, both because you can't choose yeah. between the two. Yeah. Or is Which is like, where the is Jedi actually like quite frankly yeah. fucked up. There's our explicit rating, sorry. Okay. Okay, putting the big E on my post notes. I tried so hard, yeah. but that's where the Jedi like fucked up is because they made a choice during the Clone Wars. They made a choice. They had a, they picked a side. 
And it becomes even more obvious if you watch the Clone Wars series. Like, some of the things they get into are, they get their hands very yes. dirty. Which is not what the Force is about, right? If we're basing this on the on on that episode of um, Clone Wars where they find that mystical planet, yeah, the, where the dark and the where light, where there are personifications of the dark and the light side of the Force, or even on Rebels with this conversation that um, Kanan has with Bendu, where he refuses to pick a side, and in the end, he doesn't. Like for a second, I thought he was like, "Oh, he came to help them." No, he was he was coming for anybody. Yeah. Like he was shooting at the rebels and he was shooting at the empire. Just get off my planet. Just get off my planet. So like there's a there's a fall there's a flaw in Yoda and Obi-Wan's ideology about the Force. Yeah. <laughs> Which, and I think, like, they always said that Mace Windu was able to wield both sides. Yeah. The Force. Yeah. Um, and so that's why I'm interested in, you know, both Luke, because he definitely uses some dark side stuff mm-hmm. in the original trilogy. And Rey as well, if you think of that last fight with Kylo Ren, definitely draws. But she's also so untrained. But if she draws from some, from some dark places in that fight. So I, I would love to see the next movie especially focus more on that balance is that you're gonna end with like i would love to see the next movie like yes yes no yes i would i would love to see the next movie <laughs> period end of story but the finale was interesting the rebels finale it, it was it felt a little bit i liked it it twin sons felt like so much more of a i was surprised they didn't end on that honestly so like the final episode i don't think it was lackluster and i don't think it i think it was they had a tough act to follow. And so it ended up feeling very much just like a two-part episode, not necessarily like a culmination of a season. Um, I thought the Thrawn stuff was really good. So good. They're writing him so well. Yeah. I'm so happy about they're it. They're writing him well and they're animating him well. Yeah. Like just the curl like, of the Whoever lip. does his voice and the and voice. And the voice acting is really strong. But my... Um... I just, I feel like it didn't necessarily, and it's, it feels silly to say this because, you know, there, there was a lot of sacrifice, there was a lot of loss, but it didn't have the emotional depth of Twin Sons. Right. To me, which that is the thing I fear with the death of Maul, is that there was a lot of history and a lot of baggage that came with Maul. And I don't think this is a series that needs to harken back to the larger story and the story of the Jedi and the force. I'm not a person who doesn't think like there was a lot of criticisms of rogue one that it's not star Wars without Jedi. And I don't agree with that at all. Um, But that being said, I do like the Jedi stories. I do like those larger, more emotional arcs. And I worry that without Maul, there's going to be less of a reason to bring those to the forefront. Well, we still have Ahsoka, don't forget. Yes. Ahsoka's still out there, and we still have... It's interesting, because... I was just, like, checking the time for a second. I was like, whoa, how long have we been talking? Um, Clone Wars was so easy... The television show... Clone Wars, the television show, was so easy to, like, pick a character and identify with them because you only really had Obi-Wan, Anakin, and Ahsoka yeah. in terms of, like, the main three. Here we have, it's like a true ensemble, right? It's like Kanan, Ezra, Hera, Zeb, um, 
Sabine, Chopper, like the list goes on and on of like, it's a wide cast. And so it's yeah much harder to attach yourself to one character, which is a lot of the issue that people had with Rogue One is that they were like, we don't even get to know these characters and then they die, you know? But mm-hmm. that's, these are the stories from the trenches. So this is, yeah. while it is still character driven to the extent that like when Sato made like oh. sacrificed himself i was i was like really taken by it and like really sad about it even though i barely knew the, knew the character they do a, a strong enough writing job that i felt the loss yeah so like it's about not necessarily a specific person but the larger idea that there is so much sacrifice and loss in war and like the reality of what it is like in the trenches for these not non-Jedi. Yeah. Because even Kanan wasn't, Kanan didn't make it to Jedi Knight in his training. Yeah. And Ahsoka Ahsoka doesn't consider herself a Jedi. And then you have Ezra who there's clearly something happening there. We just don't know what. But and the definition of Jedi again, same as balance, is murky. Right. Like what makes a Jedi? Like right, who decides? For Luke, it was confronting his father. So what is what is it for? You know, what is that for Ezra? Mm-hmm. I feel like there's something he, he's something he has to face, maybe that he hasn't faced yet. Right. And like Ezra, the the fact that Darth Maul basically always just used Ezra as a pawn. Mm-hmm. He was just a piece. So Ezra, I don't think we've seen where he's... I don't think we've seen what his challenge is going to be yet. Yeah, I agree. And I'd be interested in seeing that. Like, like yeah. I do like the Jedi stuff. I really do. I think we'll get more I don't, of it. Yeah, I don't love the Jedi Order as a, you know, as a whole because I think they were so misguided and so, you know, such a mess. And some so, so many of their principles, you know... It, it was it, they're just a mess but i do like the story and the mysticism of force yes. whew. yeah whew, that was heavy that was a lot all right yeah. now why is it the best day ever okay so if you you may have noticed that preeti and i've been a little especially starting out the episode we're a little more giggly than normal <laughs> okay so star wars celebration we've talked uh, before about how we're going to be at celebration and um so they have um announced a lot of the guests at this point and so preeti and i have picked up some some photograph opportunities mm-hmm. that we will be we will be taking pictures with um some very very exciting celebrities such as you know alan tudyk yay yay and freddie prince jr oh my my i can't I tell you what this means to my like 15 year old self i know my she's all that obsessed self i want to bring him a hacky sack yeah if you don't know he plays the voice of uh, canaan on on um, rebels um and then who else do we have Um, we're gonna tell him about the podcast yes and he's just gonna smile and nod and be like get these weird yes women out all of of all of those things are true yes um and then Billy Dee uh, Williams. We're going to meet Lando Calrissian. Oh, my God. I'm so excited. Like, I'm starting to turn red already. I can tell. And then? Oh, my God. And then? Oh, my God. Okay, so today they announced Mark Hamill. 
appropriate <laughs> celebration. I'm sorry that the, like decibel level is going so high no, and the like I'm, I need to turn down the volume. And we um got an a pic photo op. So we will Preeti and I in two weeks will be oh meeting Mark Hamill. If you have recommendations for what we should say, I am taking those recommendations because I legitimately have no idea what to say. I really think I might cry. Like, I actually think I am going to start crying, which would be terrible. And I really do not want to. This is the problem is like, I am not a cool person. I am not, I don't know how to be cool around people that I admire and respect and just really like. Or or have like our, you know, uh, I can't even speak now. I I usually can, I can keep it together. Like I've met some and I'll get, I'll like, I'll turn really red and I'll be a little bit manic, but I can usually keep it together. I lose the, like if it's, I can be cool if it's someone that I discovered as an adult Yes. Yeah. Okay. So that's, that's the thing because like as around LeVar Burton, I was, when I met him, I was the most embarrassing version of myself. The most embarrassing. It's that inability to like make coherent sentences or follow a conversation. Like. I just, it was, it was, it was, (sighs) I, I, I can't even. And so like Mark, I can't even conceive of it. I can't, I can't. Yeah. We're going to need help. Yes, lots of help. So, help. Any help. So, I think we have to explain looking for Luke to him because <laughs> we made a hashtag. It's we Luke, at least have to explain it's that. It's true. To him. Looking for hashtag looking for Luke is sort of what spawned the idea for this podcast. It's basically when the first um, trailers came out for <laughs> for uh, Force Awakens and we, Preeti and I, with our mutual love of Luke. Uh, notice that he wasn't in them. We made a hashtag and we went looking for Luke. And now we found Luke. We found Luke. And it might, we might, I don't even know. I don't think we're going to survive this. Like, <laughs> quite honestly. Like, I just, I don't understand how life can go on after meeting Mark Hamill. What if? Oh, God. Oh, God. No, I, I'm going to, no. I'm going to ask you this off air. We'll do that later. Okay. Um, so that's going to be a big part of Star Wars Celebration. Yeah. So which, um, watch our Twitter feeds because we will probably both be live tweeting it. Yeah. And you will know after the um, Mark Hamill thing happens because we will both be crying. We'll be, we'll be something all right. Um, I don't even. We'll be heading to panels. We'll be going to a lot of the stuff down there. So definitely like uh, – let us know if there's something you know is happening and want to see if we can try to go to it. We will try. Yeah. That was a weird sentence, but you know what I'm trying to say. Um, uh, I know. I can't form words. What? I said I can't form words. No, there are no, there are no, I, yeah, I'm, I, I, I'm so excited. I know. I can't, I can't, I just, I don't even know. So when it happened, when they announced it, um, I heard from someone before the official announcement and Preeti was in a meeting yep. 
And I'm like texting her and like, where are you? And she's like, in, in a meeting? And I'm like, in all caps, you know, Mark Hamill at Celebration, I bought us a photo op. <laughs> and then I don't even, what happened? Like, were you, did you like, I was like, I can't imagine what she's going through right now in her meeting, trying to be professional. It was really difficult. It was very difficult. And then I just had to wait until the meeting got over so I could, like, go back to my office and, like, freak out. Yeah. I, like, walked into my office and my office mate was, like, about to pick up the phone. And I was like, I'm going to meet Mark Hamill. And she's like, what? Yeah. I was like, I needed to tell somebody. (sighs) It's happening. I know. It'll happen. All right. It will happen. We'll stop raving and raving. But this is basically we're, like, too, like. I can't. messes right now. I know. Like, my, I'm just a pile of feelings. Um, all right. We're hitting, we're okay. coming up on an hour. So very quickly, the things that we are obsessed with that are not Star Wars. Yes. You go. Uh, I'm back to scum. I know I talked about it in the first episode, but it's such a perfect isolated little show and reminds me of absolutely nothing that is happening in the real world. So I really appreciate it because the real world is kind of garbage. It's terrible. Um, I am doing a rewatch of Stargate Atlantis because I love Stargate, except not, uh, not the um, universe show or whatever, because I didn't watch that. It was terrible, but Stargate SG one and Stargate Atlantis. I love them. And Stargate Atlantis has Jason Momoa and everything is wonderful. Oh, I know there is an edit of the Justice League trailer that is just Jason Momoa, and I highly recommend watching it. Oh, I have to to find that. I approve. All right. Okay. I think that's it. Yeah, so we'll we'll come to you next from, like, after, probably the week after Celebration. Yeah. I don't even know. Like, I am, like... We're going to be alive I was already... And we I will. Know. I was already speechless about like Billy D. Williams and like Alan Tudyk, and <laughs> now just Mark Hamill. Really, I don't even know. Don't worry, it's gonna be great. We're gonna be great. You guys are all gonna be great. We will hopefully see some of you at Star Wars Celebration. Yes. If you see us, please say hello. Yes. Tweet us and like find out where we'll be. If you want to meet up, um, say hi at the con. Yeah. Otherwise, we'll 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 podcast at you guys again after it's over and we'll see you guys in a few weeks all right right. bye bye everyone